da, 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 I am newly Dr. Denise Watkins, and I am the woman who accidentally cut my sister's finger off. Everyone has a story to tell. We have a bottle of wine and an ear to listen. Join a couple of dolts as we dote out some anecdotes. And welcome to Anecdotal Dote. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Anecdotal Dote, the podcast that celebrates the stories and storytellers in all of us. I'm John Seidenberg, the guy who had a one-sided relationship with the cashier at Wendy's, and joining me on this podcast is the woman who I have always had a one-sided relationship with, Laura Arnold. (laughs) I think you've told this story before. Have I? I think so. I couldn't find it. See, this is, again, this is our problem, because I did find out I have told the Clifford story. Yeah. And I was like, oh, crap. I have a spreadsheet of stories that I have told on this podcast. And I looked through it, and I did not see this Wendy's one. So I don't know if it actually made it into the actual episode or not. I know you've told me this story in a podcast. I don't remember. Okay, you tell me the story then. We'll see it. <laughs> this, is, this is how we'll do it. We'll remix it. We'll have Laura tell it every time I tell it. I don't remember it that well. The part of the reason that I remember it is because I remember there was one time... I went through a drive-thru, but I was, like, dressed up and, like, all done, unlike right now. Uh, (laughs) And this dude in the drive-thru was, like, was, like, oh, you have such a pretty smile. And he, like, got to the point where he was just, like, leaning in the window, like, chatting me up. And I was, like, thanks. This is the cashier? Yeah, this is a dude at the checkout, at the window in the drive-thru at KFC. So you legitimately were being hit on. Yeah. Oh, mine was she just smiled and handed me my sack of fries. And you decided you were in love with her. And I was like, I think she likes me. (laughs) So I kept going to that Wendy's for lunch for like a week. And then finally I was like, guys, I I think the cashier at Wendy's likes me. And they're like, "Why do you think that?" And I was like, "She smiled at me when she gave me my food." And they're like, just "Yeah, good customer service job." That's what they're supposed to do. And I was like, "No, no, no, you didn't. You weren't there. You didn't see how she smiled at me." And then eventually, I came to realize that no, she just did that to everybody. It was very sad. And it was really hard breakup. <laughs> Who's our guest today, John? Oh well, um, this guest was someone that I met. 10 years ago at Moorhead State University. She was my first professor that I interacted with on campus. And uh, she's an incredible person. She's been a great mentor to me over the years. She's also been uh, a designer. She's been a director. She's been an educator. She's been everything um, with me. So uh, let's uh, let's throw some creds uh, at our audience, shall we? Yeah. Today's guest has designed costumes for various professional theater companies, including Cincinnati Shakespeare Company, Looking for Lilith, Lexington Children's Theater, Summer Circle Theater, and Emporia Summer Theater. She has toured with Circus Smirkus, a group featured on the Disney Channel. She authored the first theater education certification program of its kind in the state of Kentucky and has served as a professor and educator for programs such as Kentucky Governor's Scholar Program and Moorhead State University. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Denise Volhop Watkins. (laughs) 
<laughs> the story is even funnier. Well, I mean, it's funny now because it's, you know, decades later. But um, so we used to, on summer days, we were avid bike riders. I mean, just totally active all day long. And sometimes when we would get bored, we would turn our bikes upside down and make it turn into things, you know, like this is a store, this is whatever. And remember those ice cream trucks that drove around? Mm -hmm. So we made our bike an ice cream truck. And so one person stood on one side of the bike and so there's two bars. And so you would reach between the two bars to pay the person working at the truck. And then they would reach between and give you your pretend ice cream cone. So we got bored with that and thought we would step it up a bit. You would turn the pedal and oh, no. that wheel would spin, okay? So we'd make the ice cream and then go through the little two bar window, whatever. Well, then we got bored with that and stepped it up a little bit more. And uh, she's four years younger than me and she was, I don't know, three or four at the time, I'd say. And so you had to stick your hand then through the spokes of the wheel while the machine was spinning and hurry and grab your fake ice cream cone. And I was just too young to realize, I mean, I just didn't even think about that. And it was like an immediate blood splatter and <laughs> scream and squeal and uh it was like hanging on by a thread oh so, god yeah her the tip of her middle finger and so we had to um you know obviously rush her to the hospital and they they stitched it back on and she's a musician she's a guitarist a pianist uh, you know she plays all sorts of instruments and has had and has since uh i mean i hardly remember her without the guitar in her hand growing up other than i thought you were gonna say you hardly remember her without the finger but (laughs) (laughs) i also did an electrical cord and shocked myself you just put it in your mouth? Yeah, I have a little scar. I don't know if you ever noticed a scar on my lip. I was four during that, and we had a babysitter, and she got tired and took a nap. And then she got cold and said, can you turn the fan off? And I was like, sure. I was four, I think. And, I mean, I didn't know about electricity, right? So the knob was missing. It was one of those old box fans, you know, that you would sit on the floor. And the knob was off. And I couldn't twist just the little thing that stuck up. And I was like, well, I'll unplug it. And it was plugged into an extension cord. And I couldn't pull it apart. And I was like, well, I'll just. (gasps) So I did. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So So it's a miracle that you're here today with us. Yes. As you are an artist and you are also an educator. Yes. For you, because because I know that I you know everybody everybody gets a little bit of everyone gets something out of their their career paths or their passions. So what is it for you that makes you you know excited to be a teacher but also be a designer as well? Because you get to design at Morehead State whenever you're you're teaching or at least once a year or whenever whenever you can fit it in your schedule. So you know what what are those exciting things for you? You mean about both teaching and designing? Right. 
So I remember being a freshman theater major. Um, and so we were required to do so many hours in the, the different shops, right? And I had no skills in either scenery. I didn't know how to sew. I didn't, I mean, none. Um, I gravitated to the costume shop. And as I look back now, honestly, and sadly, it was probably just because of gender. It was like, that's where women go. I'm going to the costume shop. So I did, and I'm glad I did because, you know, I found my, my thing and uh, my task because I didn't know what, how to do anything was to hot glue sequins on a half mass, right? And so then I went to see the play and when that mask came on stage, I could not take my eyes off of the mask. It, it was such an exhilarating feeling of, I did that. You know? mm, <laughs> like, yeah. I look back now, it's like, my God, I could do that in three seconds. But it was such yeah. a thing for me to place every sequin in the just right spot. You know, um, I have never forgotten that feeling. Mm. Um, well, and your ability to to kind of project that passion onto those students. Cause you also, at least when I don't, it may have it more than likely has changed in the years since, but you know, you were teaching the, the intro class to theater when I first came in. Yeah, I do still teach that class. Um, and I will never, ever, ever, ever give that class up. I remember that class took place on the second floor of our theater building. Mm. Um, I remember, I remember sitting outside of it because it was like an eight a.m. class and nobody was happy about it. And I remember, <laughs> yeah, nine ten. And or was it nine ten? Oh, okay. Well, maybe it just felt like it was eight o'clock. <laughs> um, <laughs> see, it was it was like nine thousand years ago. Um, but um, but I remember sitting there and I remember you had a mug. That is now gone. I left it someplace. Can you explain to the podcast listener what this mug was? Yeah, it was a travel mug. And it I don't remember what it said, but it definitely had a donkey on it. <laughs> that leaves a lot to the imagination. <laughs> It was, uh, it was a blue mug and it had a donkey with like stars across its body maybe, or maybe the circle with stars, I don't know. But it was very clearly an I'm a Democrat mug. <laughs> yes. As the young conservative country boy that not I was. Not a Democrat. Not a Democrat, Tea Party Republican with guy. With the t-shirt. With the t-shirt. Oh, yeah, with the Constitution on it. But having, like, walking in, like, and, you know, because when you're, especially when you're, like, a conservative and you're telling everybody you're going to college, everybody, like, I remember this one man who I grew up with at our local theater. He was, uh, he was a vet and he was a staunch Republican and he sounded like this. And I remember I, I was like, I'm getting ready to go to university, yada, yada. And he was like, John, don't let them change you. 
Don't let them bend your mind into something that it isn't. Hold on to your values. So I walk in to that first class and then you've got your your Democrat mug. And I was like, oh no. It's and day one. <laughs> but the thing that I really appreciated was that throughout that class, occasionally politics would come up in some point, whether it was the beginning of the class or during a discussion or whatever. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, she, cause I, I would engage in any kind of, any kind of political talk. And, and I like the rest of the class. Oh, you would debate me for sure. Oh yeah. And the rest of the class was like, shut up and just let's get on with this theater stuff. You do, you do grow on people. Yeah, I'm like a I'm like a good taste. moss. Yeah, I'm a moss. <laughs> so, what were your first impressions of John as a young, young freshman Republican? Well, he, I mean, just that. I mean, he was he was not just conservative. He was incredibly open about it and loud and opinionated and. Um, <laughs> argumentative in a nasty way but certainly wanted to debate things mm. um but honestly as as much as i was like oh gosh he is really i mean he was kind of parroting some things some things were legitimate some were like that's just not right <laughs> um, but i loved that he was interested in politics because not many young people are i certainly wasn't when i was your age well i remember i remember during one conversation because i like i i feel i think i made a comment of like oh all my professors are trying to like turn me democrat and you very quickly were like i'm not trying to turn you to a democrat we need republicans who support the arts it took literally six months of me being on campus before i realized I didn't have to be in my dorm room at a certain time. I didn't have to, like, I I could do whatever I wanted. Like, I did not have to adhere to my schedule. I could stay out all night if I wanted to. You know, like, realizing that, oh my god, I suddenly have all of this, you know, freedom. And Well, it's good it took you a while to find that out. Because yeah. <laughs> once they find it out, it uh, becomes apparent on their... <laughs> In their GPA, you know. Because you were one of the, the fortunate people who you went to college and then you've never really left because you've either yourself continued your own education or you have furthered the education of other people. Um, so with that, what are, if you had to pick like one or two of the strangest experiences that you have either experienced or have witnessed um, either as a student or as a um, as a faculty member? Because the first one that pops into my mind is when we were striking. I don't remember what the show was, but we were striking a show in our um, convertible black box theater. And someone, one of the students broke a piece of the seating bank. And our um, our professor who was in charge of production was throwing an absolute like fit, like explosive... It was terrifying. And all of us ran over to you and we were like, oh my God, what are we supposed to do? Because we were all young. And you literally said, don't worry, I've got tenure. Stand behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. 
I knew that there was something I said, but I couldn't remember what it was. The funniest stories, and this is one of my husband's favorites too. This would this would have been before you were there, I think. Um, a student came to me in like the first day or two of class and said, "You know, I'm I'm here to introduce myself." I was like, "Great!" And he told me his name. Nice to meet you. What do you want to do? Blah blah blah. And so after a brief conversation, introductory sort of conversation, I did the typical, well, if you need anything or have any questions. Mm -hmm. And he said, actually, I do have a question. I was like, okay. He said, all of my classes are in this building. I said, oh, wow, okay. Except for one. Okay. Can we get that one moved to this building? <laughs> I was like what and he he said can we can you contact the professor and and have the class moved and, and I was like no I'm not calling her her to move the class and you will be surprised to know he did not finish school <laughs> <laughs> listen I will always find uh, an amigo and pile up on John. <laughs> there is no fight with anyone where I will not take the opposite side of him <laughs> to pick on him. So I should not call you as a character witness if I'm ever brought to court. But you were asking about my first impression of you. And one of the things was you are very, um, you have, you can laugh at yourself. And I, I appreciated that when you were a student, you can, you have some self-deprecating humor, not in a way that like, I felt you were ever like insecure about yourself, but you know, I, I like people that can make fun of themselves or let. I'm very insecure about myself. So I'm glad that didn't come through. <laughs> be insecure about yourself but you know my therapist and i have weekly discussions about that <laughs> well maybe you shouldn't tell her i appreciate your self-deprecating humor then <laughs> well she has to hear it all the time i told her the other day i was like i was like you are the worst audience for all of my jokes that i make because you don't laugh at any of them and she was like she was like some of them are funny and i'm like it's not <laughs> That's not helpful at all. Uh, now to our main segment, the anecdotal dote. Here's how it works. I have selected a random word that only I've seen. Your job is to tell a true story based on that word. Are you ready? I am ready. Great. <laughs> Your word is bird. Oh my gosh. Okay. What is this? What is this podcast rated? <laughs> I will I will bleep out any cursing. No, it's not cursing. So where my husband is from, everyone calls a penis a bird. <laughs> where is your husband so, from? Um, Eastern Kentucky, a little county in Kentucky. But when Hayden was born, that's my son, I had always you know, sworn I wouldn't use cutesy little words. So we've always used the actual words. Whenever he'd go stay with his grandmother, my mother-in-law, who he calls Nan Nan, uh, she would give him a bath and she'd say something like, now we got to wash your bird. That is a penis, Nan Nan. <laughs> I uh, 
cannot hear that word without thinking of a penis. That's a, oh I okay. God. Not where you thought that would go at all. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> so after after our interview with Denise, um, I went to go get some water. You went to go get some more water. Um, and while I was in the kitchen filling up my water glass, I asked my mom um, if she knew what the word bird meant in um, not County, Kentucky. And without skipping a beat, my mom said, yep, and it means that all over Kentucky. And I was like, what? And then I said, what does it mean? And my dad said, the thing that flies in the air. And my mom was like, nope, it means a lady's parts. Whoa, what? Yeah, so I was like, no, Denise said that it meant a, a, a penis. And your mom and said. She, and she's, sorry. And she, in my head, I heard what she said, but I didn't state what she said. And she said, no, it means a lady's uh, netherly secrets. Netherly secrets. Yeah, that's her, that's her Victoria's secret down there. Oh my God. Um, so there's some, there's some interesting, uh, some things going on there, but, um, but yeah, she was saying, uh, she was saying that, that she knew that that was actually, uh, that was a thing. So that's fascinating. I have never in my life heard somebody use the word bird in reference to any genitals at all. Well, you actually, you have in your life now. Today. Well, now, but, I, but prior to today, I had never, no, bird was never, I've heard a lot of words used to, uh, as a euphemism for genitals and bird is not one of them. Well, Laura, your whole world has now opened up for you today well i'm never gonna think of that word in the same way ever again who is your favorite sesame street character (laughs) elmo dang it (laughs) i'm not gonna lie for the sake of your joke (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) thanks so much a scene part (laughs) this is why i'm bad at improv Well, I guess that wraps up another episode of the podcast. (laughs) Yes, it does. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have a story inspired by our buzzword bird today, or if you just want to chime in your advice about uh, your, if you knew that this was a thing. um, Yeah, that would be fun to know. Like where other, if other people from other places outside of Kentucky have ever heard that word used in that way yeah yeah so uh people uh we have listeners all over the world um i'm talking to you woman or man in saudi arabia um do you all talk about birds as being genitalia um my british listeners um that one guy in peru never came back so i guess we scared him away Um, what about brazil didn't we have some oh that's what i meant oh maybe that's why he stopped listening because i kept saying peru instead of brazil it was brazil (laughs) I'm so sorry. Come back to us, Brazil. Um, but yeah, let us know what what uh, what the heck, people, uh, do or you know about that? if you have another funny story about an interesting word for genitals. Yes. Feel or free. if you want to talk about your bird. I, myself, <laughs> no, had a pet. Let's... I had a pet bird. Uh, I had several birds growing up. Um, multicolored. Um, one of them laid an egg, but it didn't turn into anything. Um, I don't like where this, this is, is going. 
Me either. Um, so send <laughs> send all of those stories except for except for stories about your bird. We don't want to hear about that. Um, and that pejorative encapsulates all sex organs, so that's good. Um, happy Pride Month, everybody. Um, <laughs> send your questions, comments, and stories to us, written, filmed, or by audio, at theanecdotaldote at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Write us a review and share this podcast with your friends. Remember, everyone has a story to tell, especially you. So send them in. We're excited to listen. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Whenever I listen to the podcast, I always loved your voice, Laura. Thank you. And you have a really good laugh. (laughs) John has stolen repeatedly. Great podcast lab. You should not be um, secure. I, I will I would just like to note, Denise, that you did say that Laura had a really good voice for a podcast. Uh, well, but I said, I didn't know her, which is why. You know. I mean I knew mm-hmm. your voice, so there was no I, You were used to my high reedy twang and uh I don't have a high reedy twang. Um, whenever I listen to it, I'm I, for a split second. I think that I'm listening. I've accidentally like called into a tele, like a, a woman's sex operator's line, and I'm what? like, "Who's this strange, strange lady who's talking about dotes and dolts?" And how do you know what that sounds like? Oh God! Called uh... out. <laughs> Denise, I was propositioned by a prostitute. No, it was, I had made a post on, I made some kind of joke post about being single and I got a private message in my thing that was like, oh, a hundred dollars an hour. And I, and I was like, this is terrifying and disgusting. And so I responded back and. (laughs) And now we're having a date where I'm going to wear my mask. extra $25 she'll wear one too <laughs> this is really well, my- anecdotal dote x l x x x well my response to her was it's been a while can we charge by the minute and then she blocked me see self-deprecating <laughs> that's <Love> hilarious it. <laughs>